Hello and welcome to another episode of Patch Notes, Radio Free South Bronx's gaming industry news show. I am your host, Adam Caster, and we have an exciting episode today featuring the hottest new releases, the latest in gaming news, and a look at what I've been playing this week. And on to the new releases. On Tuesday, August 7th, we have Dead Cells, which is a roguelike Metroidvania game. And in the last episode of Patch Notes, I did explain what a Metroidvania game is, so I feel i don't really feel the need to explain it again and i've talked about a couple roguelikes on the show so i feel like that also needs not be explained but dead cells looks pretty fun as far as that goes i actually last episode talked about a uh, roguelike metroidvania game so with the popularity of roguelikes you can really see that they're trying to incorporate that kind of gameplay style in, into as many genres as they can and you're kind of just seeing what fits also on august 7th we have overcooked 2 the sequel to probably one of the most fun games to watch people let's play this is overcooked was a kitchen simulation like a cartoonish kitchen simulation and you could also play local co-op and it's all about trying to organize the kitchen and make sure you create the best possible dish and you have to coordinate with your partner and the reason why it's so fun to let to watch people uh, let's play is because of the fact that it just can get so chaotic with the complexity of all the dishes that people make and with that you just have people running around and yelling at each other it's fun on thursday august 9th we have monster hunter world which is getting ported to the pc monster hunter world is an amazing looking game and the main gist of what you do in a monster hunter game is well obviously you're a monster hunter you go around you hunt monsters it's no it's a uh, pseudo open world setting with some rpg elements and when you kill the monsters that you hunt you can use their body parts to make weapons it's like a it's like how the cavemen used to do it and also on the 9th we have okami hd coming out on the nintendo switch i'm sure there are a lot of people that have been anticipating okami hd's release on the nintendo switch considering that it's been out on the playstation 4 and xbox one for a while now a couple of months as a matter of fact. And Okami is definitely one of those cult classic games that people love because of the art style and made by one of my favorite game developers, or game designers at least, uh, Hideki Kamiya, when he was working at the now-defunct Clover Studios. And that closed down and he went to uh, Platinum Games and created Bayonetta. And the rest is history. Okami is not much, is not really a game like Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, but I mean, it has action elements, but it's definitely more like a Legend of Zelda style sort of game. And it's not really like a character action game that you would expect from someone like Hideki Kamiya. Still worth a play though. For the art style alone, honestly, it's really based heavily on Japanese calligraphy. You have paint brush strokes, everything is made out of paint brush strokes. Paint is a very uh, heavy theme there and as a result the game looks great and honestly it looks timeless and I got introduced to the main character of the Okami games Amaterasu through Marvel vs. Capcom even in that universe or in that game the attacks still look pretty cool and lastly for the ninth, we have Yakuza 3 remastered coming out for the PlayStation 4 sadly for some people that are into the there have been following the the uh, yakuza series for a long time it won't include any of the content that was cut out of the western releases this is really just like some japanese card games that western audiences really 
might not even get. So it's kind of inconsequential. And it's still a good way to introduce the older Yakuza games to Western fans. And this definitely does it justice. And on Friday, August 10th, we have Madden 19, the annual release of the Madden NFL franchise. Coming a bit early this year, actually, because usually they come out in late August, but this is coming out on August 10th. And what we can expect from the mat from the newest iteration of madden is more of the same i mean the game of football doesn't really change that much from year to year other than just rule changes and this game does promise to have improvements to its franchise mode and the sequel to its in my opinion underwhelming long shot story mode but i feel like there were people that were kind of into it and they should be happy to get the sequel but i think for people who have been playing franchise mode and feel like they're, they've been getting gypped because EA seemingly only cares about Ultimate Team because that makes them a lot of money on microtransactions, they should be at least a bit happier with Madden 19 because they definitely add a lot to franchise mode as far as player growth, customization, the fact that you can import custom draft classes from either ones that you make yourself or ones from the Madden share function. Just a lot of stuff that honestly other sports games have had but madden was clearly lacking and this is just keeping it close to come up to par with what other sports games have as far as their single player modes patch notes is your number one destination for gaming on radio free south bronx host adam castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news along with a look into his personal library with what am i playing right now for more check out our website at radiofreesouthbronx.com On to gaming news and notes. So last weekend was the Evolution Fighting Game Tournament, or EVO for short, and there were some incredible announcements for other fighting games. And other than the tournaments themselves, which is a huge part of EVO, it really has been used the last couple of years as a trade show for new content that will show up in the top fighting games in the world. And just like having demos for new fighting games in general. And at this year's event, we had a couple of new DLC announcements for Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, Tekken 7, and Dragon Ball Fighters. So let's see what these games have in store for the future. So for Tekken 7, new characters and a new season pass is coming out, and Nemco Bandai showed off three of them at EVO. Anna Williams, which is semi-main heroine Nina Williams' sister, uh, Lei Wulong, the highly requested in the game, Chinese cop and this is this is going to be kind of out there but Negan from The Walking Dead. See, I don't really know. Tekken Tekken 7 has had some pretty interesting crossovers that you really wouldn't think that they would actually happen. Akuma from Street Fighter, first of all. You have Geese Howard from the Fatal Fury and King of Fighters series. You have Noctis from Final Fantasy 15. And now Negan from The Walking Dead? I mean, Bandai Namco and Katsuhiro Harada, you guys are doing a good job when it comes to getting guest characters in your fighting game. But other than that, there really wasn't much news on when the new season pass is going to be released, so we'd have to wait on that. But they just announced these three characters. And from what I saw from the trailer, it seems like there is going to be there are going to be three more characters on the way and cooler the movie villain cooler was announced for dragon ball fighters cooler is the older brother of frieza and his trailer was super hype and it initially showed base goku and base vegeta who came out on wednesday august 8th and those are and those two characters are available for download and no release date was given for cooler but i think people have been 
really wanting Cooler as a playable character, especially since Frieza is in the game. And there was a leak list of the season pass of uh, Dragon Ball Fighters months ago, talking about all of the characters that are going to be revealed as DLC. And essentially, it has been completely right so far. So after Cooler, we can expect Android 17 to be the next playable character in Dragon Ball Fighters. And lastly, for Street Fighter V, we have two new characters, G, who is the self-proclaimed president of the world, and Sagat, the king of Muay Thai, the final boss of Street Fighter One, And they're available for purchase right now. And I'm excited for this because I'm a huge Street Fighter fan. And Sagat has been was one of the most highly requested characters for Street Fighter V. Since it was announced, he has been one of the most highly requested characters. And considering that he's been a mainstay since the very first game, and has been in just about every single one except for the Street Fighter III series, it would make sense to have him in the game. In other fighting game news, this was not announced at Evo. Nintendo likes to do its own thing when it comes to announcements. So they had a Nintendo Direct on Wednesday, August 8th, announcing new stuff for Super Smash Bros. And boy, did they announce some new stuff for Super Smash Bros. First, some new characters. We have Simon Belmont and Richter Belmont from the Castlevania series. So Simon and Richter are going to be clone characters of each other. Uh, You have King K. Rule from the Donkey Kong series. Dark Samus from Metroid Prime 2 and 3, who's going to be a clone character of regular Samus. And Krom from Fire Emblem Awakening, who is going to be a clone of Roy. I mean, Nintendo definitely knows what its fans want when it's when you come to characters i mean sure there are some people there's some characters that people wanted like sora from kingdom hearts or gino from super mario rpg but having king k rule and dark samus Krom especially i mean the belmonts too but having the having these characters king k rule dark samus and Krom. definitely fills a niche in for people that really wanted them to be in smash 4 but just could not get their wish. And there was also some quality of life changes to the music in the game, where you're talking about how no matter what stage you're playing on, as long as it's within the franchise that the music is coming from, you can play any song from that franchise. And there's also a mode where Final Smashes can act more like super attacks in a traditional fighting game where there's a meter under your character and you can charge it up just by fighting. But the Direct does note that these Final Smashes are not as strong as they would be if you got them from uh, hitting the smash ball. There are also new battle modes that they announced. For example, there's Squad Strike, where players pick five or so characters and fight until all of one person's characters is defeated. I mean, I think of it like the end of Smash Tour from Smash 4, where you have all of your characters and you fought in like a stock match and every stock was one character. It's essentially like that. There's also a mode called Smash Down, which is probably the most fun-looking mode to me. Uh, Smashdown, where whenever a player picks a character, that character is unusable for the duration of the mode, and whoever has the most wins at the end wins the match. So that's really cool. So you can, like, there's some hella mind games that you can be playing in Smashdown, where you're talking about picking ca- picking your friend's main before he can pick him, just so, he can't, just so he can't use it and make it easier for you to win the match. I mean, that's just an example of one of the tactics that you can use. There are bound to be countless other tactics that can be used and i do enjoy the fact that smash ultimate is going to have more game modes than smash 4 
Patch Notes is your number one destination for gaming on Radio Free South Bronx. Host Adam Castor brings you up to speed on the latest and upcoming releases and industry news, along with a look into his personal library with What Am I Playing Right Now? For more, check out our website at RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. On to What Am I Playing Right Now? So the game I've been playing this week is Final Fantasy XV. As a matter of fact, it is the first Final Fantasy game I've ever played. And I don't feel too uncomfortable about that because when you start the game, it literally says a Final Fantasy game for fans and newcomers. That is a direct quote. So it's very inviting. And some may think it's weird starting a franchise at its fifth entry, but Final Fantasy plots aren't really that tied together. Aside some recurring characters like Sid and Moogles. For those who are unfamiliar with with what the Final Fantasy series has to offer, they're Japanese role-playing games with occasionally convoluted plots and memorable characters. Most Final Fantasy games have turn-based battle systems, and each entry really tweaks the formula little by little, adding new systems in the game. Sometimes they do kind of mess around and add something completely new. Like when you go from Final Fantasy 3 to Final Fantasy 4, Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3 have the traditional turn-based battle system, but uh, Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6, and 7, I think a bunch of others had this thing called the Active Time Battle System, where you can attack enemies not not based on your turn but based on your speed and you can attack first based on how many things that you can do before the enemy can attack you so that makes things a lot more interesting and a lot more tense but final fantasy 15 kind of does away with all of that and it just ditches the turn-based system entirely and it has a real-time battle system as you're running around and fighting like you would in a traditional action game and the battles aren't self-contained like you would find in a traditional Final Fantasy, where you're in like some sort of pocket dimension where you're fighting enemies. No, in Final Fantasy 15, you're just you just see a monster running on the field, and you can just go there and fight it, and that's it. You could be fighting ten Imperial troopers at the same time, and then out of nowhere, you just have some monster come in and wreck everything, and you're like, oh god, I I uh, was not prepared for this. I don't know what to do. So it makes things a bit tense, a bit chaotic. There's a lot of things you can that you have to manage in real time, and I think it's very engaging because you have the you have your dodge button, you have your attacks, uh, you can coordinate with your part with your other party members to do kind of like team up attacks. It's it's definitely varied, it's definitely deep, and I think it is one of the best battle systems I've ever used in a in any sort of RPG, Western or Japanese or otherwise. The story of the game is pretty straightforward for a Final Fantasy game anyway. Your party consists of four best friends, Noctis, Ignis, Prompto, and Gladiolus. Noctis is the prince of the kingdom Lucius, and he has been arranged to marry Lunafreya from Tenabre. Basically, it's similar to how old European countries used to avoid war. They would have their children get married, and that would be their symbol of peace. That's kind of how it works in the Final Fantasy XV universe. So Noctis heads out to Tenabre in the family car, the regalia, with Prompto, his friend from high school, Gladiolus, his bodyguard, Ignis, his attendant and chauffeur, who also serves as the party chef. So after you start your journey, it's found out that Lucius has been invaded by the Emperor of Niflheim, and the Empire killed King Regis, Noctis's father, and that results in the main party being chased by the Niflheim soldiers and they want Noctis dead because they want to overtake uh, Lucius. And now that Noctis is the de facto king, they want to kill him. So your objective throughout the game is to get to Tenebrae alive, but this game definitely emphasizes the journey more than the, than the destination. And 
With that, it plays just like you're going on a road trip with your friends. You drive around in your car, help people with their problems, camp out on a plateau, fish, cook, all of these things. You're basically going out on a, a sort of camping trip, or at least you're going on a trip. You're going on a road trip, and instead of staying in hotels all the time, you can make camp. You There are like motels and hotels that you can stay in, but most of the time in the open world, you're going to be making camp somewhere. And there is a ton of character development throughout the game, and it really feels like these four guys are best friends, and not just four people going on the same journey together. Each character has their own specific skill stat, so Noctis has fishing, Gladiolus has survivability, Ignis has cooking, and Prompto has photography. So each of these stats are leveled up by performing that skill. For example, to raise up, if you want to raise your fishing stat, Noctis just has to catch fish. Uh, Prompto has to take a lot of pictures. Ignis already cooks all of your meals, so he's getting XP for that. And when you level up these stats, it allows you to either... Let's say catch more fish or catch bigger fish or cook more elaborate meals or take better pictures. So Final Fantasy XV is a is an all-around great game with an enormous amount of things to do outside of the main story. I mean, there's so many side quests. Even in the starting area, I feel like I'm not all that motivated to push along the main quest because there's so much other stuff to do. And there are always points on the map that you can go to where you can find either elements for your magic spells or so you can paint your car materials so you can so you can buy weapons or just monsters to fight the game looks phenomenal the combat feels fun and unlike anything i would have expected when getting into the final fantasy series i really did expect more of a turn-based battle system and i got something a lot better in final fantasy 15 and this game has made me want to go back to previous games of the franchise because of how much I enjoyed it. Overall, highly recommend Final Fantasy XV. This has been it for another episode of Patch Notes on Radio Free South Bronx. Be sure to check us out on our website, RadioFreeSouthBronx.com. We are also on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube as Radio Free South Bronx. And our Twitter handle is at Radio Free SBX. For everyone at Radio Free South Bronx, I have been your host, Adam Castor, and I will see you next time on Patch Notes.